Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Frugal Snobs podcast, the award-winning on-demand audio experience that has never won an award, but that could all change. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music, or check us out on Stitcher or TuneIn Radio. Find out more by visiting frugalsnobs.com. While you're there, be sure to help out the project by taking the Podtrack survey, directly donating via PayPal, or by doing your Amazon shopping through the Frugal Snobs associate link. We also invite you to follow us on Twitter at Frugal Snobs or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Frugal Snobs. And now, on to the episode. Welcome to episode 116 of the Frugal Snobs podcast. Say hello. Hello. And today is Saturday, January 27th, 2018. Now, this episode, for the low money, and we've got skills, we'll get to the skills part in a bit. But we thought we would bring, as promised, our top fives, each in terms of our favorite banknote and coins. So, this episode is really designed to talk about collecting old money. Because we've talked about it before, haven't we? Yeah, we have. And we've actually given like tips and tricks on how we do it. Yes. But, again, to each their own some people have different, uh, how do I put it, likes and interests when it comes to collecting bills and coins. But and we'll... also different purposes for collecting. That's true. I mean, if some people are collecting from an investment perspective, that's one thing. I think we kind of a blend of both. Yeah, it's like I'm more of an artsy collector. I You're think... more a historic collector. Yes. Right? It's like, look, this bill is worthless. No, it's not. It's from a cool year. So it really just depends on what your, what your likes are and what your interests are and what your preferences are. So we'll get to the topic here in a bit, but let's go ahead and start off with some of our free stuff. Yeah. We got some free stuff. So, as we record, we're in our studio, kind of. We're in our domain. Yes. <laughs> we're in our dominion. <laughs> yeah. We're in the frugal dominion. So, right now, I think we're laid up. Yes. In the master suite. Yes. And just kind of hanging out on a Saturday night. Um, we're also going to be putting uh, this particular episode on YouTube uh, in, uh, how do I put it, segments. Uh, basically just to go through our bills and coins, and this way everybody on YouTube can actually see all of the things we're talking about. That's the hardest thing about these types of episodes, everybody, is that we have these items in front of us, and when it comes down to audio content or radio, traditional radio in, in, in a sense, or on-demand audio, it's hard to kind of visualize what we're talking about. It's kind of like when you're on a podcast and somebody's enthusiastic or they're jumping up and down or something, and you have to say... By the way, for those of you who can't see it, this person's jumping up and down or whatever. Like we saw the guy <clears throat> just jamming out in his car today. Yes, we did. We'll talk about that too. So, <laughs> let's get to our free stuff. So, $14 today. Yeah. Free stuff. Two Greek yogurts. A couple of Lara bars. Some Campbell's Max soups. Did I forget anything else? Yeah, the Max soup. M-A-X-X. Yeah, we'll talk about that too. It's kind of a letdown. Yeah. So, we actually had to doctor up our Max soups. Yeah. Quote, unquote. I had a steak Max soup. And do not follow their instructions. Gauge it on the power of your microwave. That's right. That's right. The wattage. Oh. So, basically, we were instructed to heat these things to two and a half minutes, right? Yeah. Four, two and a half minutes? I didn't even start them at that. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, if you heat it to two and a half minutes, yeah, you can eat it when it stops glowing. <laughs> basically. <laughs> okay. So, um, again, I had sirloin steak. You had chicken. Chicken bacon. Chicken bacon. And, um... Basically, our my soup came with rice. Your soup came with some pasta. Yeah. Uh, but we actually ended up pouring these soups over elbows. Yes. Cooked elbow pasta, uh, just for helper. I mean, it needed it. And it quite more filler. Yeah, and quite frankly, uh, oh, the hummus. Forgot about that too. Oh yeah. About that. The sabra, uh, little single 
I'll okay. get to that too. So with the Max soups, like I said, a little bit of help, um, a little salty. Uh, for me, the steak was a little soft. It tasted more like a pot roast or like a, 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 a stringier cut of beef. That's kind of how the chicken was for me because it felt like it's been setting in the mixture for like months and it's just so soft. You don't... gotta love those additives and preservatives that oh, are yeah. so healthy for you. Um, but anyway, folks, $14 of free stuff, including hummus. We forgot about that. And so, Lara bars. And... and the Lara bars, right. So $14 of free things today. So we pretty much scored. Yes. Got some good deals uh, around the area. So, again, keep on the frugal lifestyle, folks. Um, it's funny. Uh, we never have really had an episode where we actually cataloged how many meals we were able to get out of free items. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, again, living in a big city where the cost of living is relatively high compared to the rest of the country... You kind of have to give away uh, food items and things to entice people to, to spend. Yeah, to come to your store. Mm, that's right. So, um, it, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to some of these items and, and trying them out, like, especially the hummus. I like hummus. That's, we got the red pepper hummus. Yeah, so the, all, the, the only version they had. With, the, like, basically pretzel chips. Yeah, little right pretzel there. rounds. Right. So, um, also, uh, we're also going to try hummus on different things, uh, triscuits or uh, weaved wheat crackers and... Uh, Ritz crackers, uh, butter crackers, basically. Things like that. Um, but $14 of free stuff, not too shabby. No. So to get to Christina's story about a guy jamming out in his car today, uh, we were going out and about to make our rounds in the area and pulled up to, a, I guess, a light. Yes. And there was a guy bobbing his head, head roll, everything, like jamming out to the lyrics. Oh, yeah, shoulders moving, <laughs> head bobbing, lips moving. That's funny. That's a happy guy. And Florida tags. That's right. Couldn't catch his county, though. <laughs> um, everybody around the world, thank you for joining us for this episode. If you're catching us all over the web, again, continue to listen. Continue to subscribe. We're hoping we bring everybody a little piece of entertainment. We're going to try to do some additional shows in some different formats, but we've been busy. Yes. So we've been trying to get this episode out for a few days, but again, life happens. Yes. So to speak. So uh, not... not a bad week, uh, not a bad couple of weeks. Um, got some good things coming in from Amazon. Got my storage locker cleaned out, um, and we'll actually be putting some images of a really cool piece I was able to get out of my my uh, storage locker in Texas. Um, a relatively painless process. Uh, I had 57 pounds of items shipped to me. Uh, not bad on shipping cost, but uh, time to close that chapter and onto new things in my life. Yes. So, uh, really cool things. Uh, I had a list of items for the storage locker. They sent me more than what I was asking for, which is kind of nice. They packed the box, though. Yes, they did. And they basically said anything that might have had value, uh, basically, to me, which is a really nice uh, yeah. touch. Um, I mean, a, a scrapbook from high school uh, with my actual original high school tassel as the bookmark uh, for my hat. Old salesman's Bible from the 19th century, which is it's kind of beat up, but it's still really cool to see. Uh and also, again, a really nice piece, um, a Shakespeare-themed chess set, which is 24-karat gold-plated in pewter, which we'll, we'll put some images out on uh, the Facebook page, so please go check out uh, Frugal Snobs on Facebook at facebook.com slash snobs. Uh, we'll also be adding a little touch to some of the images by adding a Shakespeare note, which we'll talk about here also shortly as one of Christina's top fives. Mm -hmm. So you'll actually be able to see a Shakespeare-themed uh, novelty chess set with a Shakespeare bill. That, that's a pretty cool image to, to see yes so um again interesting couple of weeks really been busy getting some things handled getting some things out the door and again 
we appreciate everyone's patronage, your your listenership. Uh, it's a good journey. Yeah. It's been a good journey, and there's more to come. So, um, also, on our next episode, everybody, we will be breaking down President Trump's speech at the World Economic Forum in Davos, and also his first State of the Union address. Yes. So it'll be interesting. We'll break that down a little bit. And again, we're not going to make it a political episode for episode 117. We're just analyzing. Yes, we're going to analyze and give our opinions. Non-biased. Well, somewhat biased. (laughs) As unbiased as we can be. Again, you can agree with it or disagree with it, but you'll still tune in, so that's all we care about. All right. So, interesting. Very interesting uh, week. Oh, let's also talk about our bonehead of the week or or of the two-week period. (laughs) A little bit of a return to this award that we usually have given out historically on episodes of this show. Um, So, basically, folks, if you've listened to this show before, um, we... How do, we, how do we say it? We patronize, so to speak. In certain a good sites. Way. Certain sites, including eBay, for some of our, our items that we purchase in terms of our collecting. So we'll segue into the topic here. Uh, but the past couple of weeks, we uh, saw a listing on eBay for what appeared to be uh, a Bison Note 1901 $10 silver certificate. Yes. And I believe a $5 Chief. Correct. As they call it, it's the $1899 uh, $5 silver certificate, I, I believe. And um, these bills go relatively high. The uh, $10 Bison note, the Lewis and Clark note, it's often called as well. Very pretty note. <clears throat> really cool note. And uh, it typically goes for anywhere between $100 and $300. Yes. Typically online. Uh, really decent specimens. And when I say specimens, I don't mean a specimen note. I mean uh, an actual printed note. Typically will go for between $300 and $500 in some cases. Yes. Uh, U.S., uh, online, so they're they're not inexpensive notes. It's that high rent district, as we call it, the high yes. street. If you're if you're uh, an Anglophile or in the English speaking world outside the United States, um, these are the high street notes in that family. And we're getting to some of those notes now in our collections, and yes. that's that's kind of getting hard for like, us. Mine is the Canadian 1935 series. Yes, from what the Commerce Bank of Canada, I believe. Yes. Uh, so. Those are some notes that are getting relatively high. Now, looking at this auction, uh, apparently someone found two notes when cleaning out a storage locker, and Christina was sleuthing this article a bit, or this post, I should say, and we had considered bidding on these bills. And I said I would go up to a certain amount for both bills to get them both. And I'm glad Christina has a keen eye, and looking through the, the listing, uh, you noticed that uh, the image was a little bit odd because there was some curling on some of the bills in terms of the corners and we thought that's really weird and looked like it was plastic yes that was curled up uh that also indicates laminating and i confirmed that with the seller yes if you laminate a bill out there everybody just a little collector tip laminating a bill is bad it destroys the value assuming it's a real bill it does destroy the value of the bill because you can't cut the bill out of the laminate without damaging the bill. Yeah, you'll basically split the bill in half. That's right. Um, I think some people, including myself, and Christina smartened me up, so to speak, to this. Uh, laminate basically is, is very permanent. Yes. Uh, so I thought, oh, you just cut the bills out of the laminate. Not a problem. It's like plastic. Nope. nope. It bakes itself. To the actual material. To the material that you're laminating. Yes. So in this case, the, the banknote. Now, I say this in jest in that... If it's a real bill. So laminating the bill immediately makes those bills essentially worthless if they were real. Now, in the posting, Christine also noticed that the seller... Did not know if they were real. Did not know what they were. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, and actually said, I don't know if these are real or not, but they are the size of regular bills. Now, just a little collector tip again. Make sure you know what you're buying. Uh, these bills, the 1901 Bison Note, the $10 silver cert, and the $5 Chief, the $18.99 $5 silver cert, are large notes. They're horse blankets, as they're often called. Yes. Uh, basically, they're a note that's about one and a half to sometimes two times, maybe, or 1.7 times uh, the size of today's banknotes. Yes. So if those notes are the size of today's banknotes, it typically means they're reproductions and therefore are not worth hardly a thing. And I even told the seller that. Yes. So the seller ends up, we ended up looking at the auction when it closed, closed for over $100. The seller did not take it off, and if you want an exact number, it closed at $110.36. Right, but see, the thing with the seller, though, is they can't really be at fault because they did say they didn't know if they were real or not. But who knows if they're trying to scam people. Now, if they were laminated, they should have said that. Yes, was not. Didn't. Nope. So apparently somebody got suckered. Yes. Into paying $110.36. For fake bills. For fake bills that were not only fake, but laminated and also fake. Yes. So that is funny. So a little collector tip. Make sure you know what you're buying. Uh, you'll definitely thank us later, I think. And that person, whoever you are that bought those bills. Bonehead. Yep. Major bonehead. So that or a novice collector. So, again, we're all about helping people here on the Frugal Snouts podcast and with the project. So, if you got questions, email us. We can try to help you. Yep, frugalsnobs at gmail.com. Now, like I said before, everybody's probably wondering, well, why don't you have frugalsnobs.com email addresses? We do. We, we do. I mean, we have contact at Frugal Snobs. Yes, we do. But typically, the Frugal Snobs at Gmail is the easiest way, and people can yeah. remember that. And I get notifications. I will see. Right. And speaking of notifications, I just wanted to mention to everybody that. At FruitlessKnobs.com, you can click on the desktop notification option. And this way, every time an episode of the podcast drops or new posts are put out or mm -hmm. new content, you'll get a desktop notification in your browser. Which you should have gotten one today if you have subscribed to episode 106. Oh, yes. <laughs> the lost episode. So, <laughs> apparently somebody, I won't mention names, my producer, my illustrious <laughs> producer of this podcast, that would be Christina. We recorded episode 106 of this show last year. Yeah. And apparently it never made its way into the uh, the um, queue in the feed uh, for the podcast. So we have episode 106 also was released today. So please go back if you are a listener and check out that episode. We think you'll enjoy it. So it's out there now too. Now, you want to talk about skill? Yeah. We go to the topic. Let's talk about our skill. So... The, a part of the title of this episode is We've Got Skills because thanks to our virtual assistant, we can't say her name, but it starts with an A, and it's produced by Amazon. I think everybody knows what we mean. Uh, we have now built a test skill for our virtual assistant, which now allows you to add uh, a, a, how do I put it, a shortened or an abridged, as you call it, yes. episode of this show uh, to your flash briefing. So we do... We do um, Welcome, folks, once we release the skill uh, to add the skill to your app for this virtual assistant on your device of choice. Uh, you'll find it as, I believe, the Frugal Snobs Flash Briefing, and you'll be able to add us to your Flash Briefing. So uh, with episodes at a certain point moving forward, we're testing it now, we'll be providing a, a shortened version of the episode, 10 minutes or less, uh, to 
a feed that will be consumed and you'll be able to add our show, this podcast, to your flash briefing. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So we'll have skills. We got skills. So yes. We'll give folks uh, updates as we move forward. Um, testing is positive. If you'd like to join the testing effort and be a beta tester for our skill, uh, please do send us an email at frugalsnobs at gmail.com and we'll be sure to add you uh, to the testing process. You'll be able to uh, selectively verify, uh, get your hands on the skill in your app and be able to test it out and provide us feedback. Mm-hmm. Fair? Yes. All right. So back to our topic. We are at the point of discussing our top fives. Yes. And Christina, you had a problem with, with selecting uh, a ranking for your top five coins and or banknotes. I can't pick the top three because it's kind of a neck and neck. <laughs> That's right. So right before we start recording, Christina look, looks at her notes and says, or coins and notes, and says, well, these three are kind of like tied for number one. Yeah. So we're not going to basically rank these. We're just going to go through them. Um, <laughs> and, and some of these are staple items, especially if you're collecting banknotes in the U.S. All of my notes, by the way, folks, are U.S. And all mine are foreign. And all of Christina's are international notes and foreign notes. And coins. Yes. Say. So, um, let's go ahead and get started. You want to start with one of mine or one of yours? One of yours. All right. So, I have with me, I've bragged about this. It's available on YouTube. You can check out the video if you have not done so. Check out the Frugal Snobs on YouTube and subscribe. A lot of good stuff coming to the channel. Like I said, we'll be putting out uh, segments from this show, uh, this episode, on YouTube as well. So, check those out when they, when they drop. And you can also check out... Uh, everything uh, that's going to be dropping on uh, the channel, also on Facebook, just for alerts and notifications. Yes. So, okay, I have in front of me a 1929 $10 note. Yes. Federal Reserve note from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. New York. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a really cool bill. Again, it's a depression bill. Uh, it was printed in the year of the stock market crash in October of 1929. as when the stock market crash occurred. Really cool bill. Uh, you'll notice large United States of America, kind of a darker ink, thicker ink color. And right above it, you'll see national currency in like a white like an eggshell color. It's yes. cool. Yes. You don't see this in other bills. No. Um, and also, like the Federal Reserve note, when you're looking at it, there's four Bs for New York on no, the bill. That's right. Now, um, I should also mention here that in 1929, you also are at a point in... in the monetary history of the United States where regional banks are also printing their own currency. So you might see uh, notes from smaller banks, mm-hmm. uh, banks in uh, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Maryland, places like that. Uh, most local banks are printing their own bills as well. So you'll see these bills, especially if they're from smaller banks or regional banks, they'll sell relatively high. Yes, because the there's you of them. That's right, in the hundreds. And again, these are printed by the banks and backed by the, the, the vaulted currency in the banks at the time. So really cool note, you'll see the Federal Reserve Bank of New York to the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll see a 10 here. Um, 10's around the bill, of course, and the B's around the bill. It's the old style 10 design. I think the last design where you see this, this 10 marking, the style of the 10, is on the 1995 series, I think, I believe. Um, so front of the bill, uh, very distinctly different yes. than the current 10. Uh, the back relatively similar yeah. uh, to the current 10. Again, a little different on the the markings on the bill. Yeah, like the border is different. I mean, you got, with the edging around the picture, the, that border is different than on other 10s. Right. And again, like, like we said, folks, uh, these bills, uh, in terms of bills and the coins that we talk about here, 
they will be available in segments on YouTube, so not to worry. You'll be able to see images and actual stills of these bills uh, on the YouTube recordings. And if you want to see this 1929 $10 note, go to YouTube right now. Yeah, it's, it's there. A, it's available. Subscribe while you're there. It helps us out. So, again, um, other interesting facts from 1929. I believe Herbert Hoover became president. Yes, and the San Francisco <clears throat> Toll Bridge opened up. Interesting. And also, I didn't, I, you didn't know about this when I was doing my research, but the New York City Museum of Modern <clears throat> Art opened. Nice. In fact, I have a couple of weird Polaroids from back in the day that were like misprints or whatever, or misdevelopments, uh, that should belong in that museum. It's like pictures you took. It's like, what is this? And also, it looks pretty. Go ahead. The first Academy Awards. Really? The yeah. Emmys? I'm not sure. I just said Academy Awards. It's the Emmys. Yeah. It's the Oscars. It's the Emmys. So interesting. A nice 29. Yes. So, also, folks, again, cheap plug here. Not a sponsor. Amazon is not a sponsor of uh, this particular podcast, which they were, but they're not. Uh, but check out the Last Tycoon. I think you'll like it. Yeah. Uh, on Amazon. So. All right. So, let's go to your first of your top fives. It's going to be my 1918 Russia, East Russian uh, ruble, one, the 100 ruble note. struggling with this. I, I'm trying, depending on what to call it, because we really couldn't get that much information on but it. But it is the first series of the Soviet ruble. Yes. So. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's also known as a Trencaucasia note. Trend, yep, Trencaucasia note. Yes, and it's also a government credit note. Right, so we're trying to do a little bit of research on these on these particular notes. We'll bring more details for this as we move forward. Yeah, this is one of two that I have. It's tough. I mean, look at some of these post-Czarist Russia notes, especially in the early years. They're hard to track down. Yeah. When you have transitional governments, you have trans transitional banking, you have a lot of regional conflict between like tribes and, and nation states and territorial states within Russia itself. So it's odd um to see these notes floating around uh, credit notes i'm assuming and again don't quote me folks i assume these notes are almost like ious yeah right so it is worth a hundred rubles if you were to take it to a a financial institution that will provide you with those rubles i don't know if that would be rubles and silver gold i don't know but it's a cool looking no big note yeah it is and it has hundreds all over it with for the hundred ruble everything's in cyrillic yes <laughs> So um, can't read it. No, can't, I can't understand it whatsoever. The cool part is on the front, it has a woman, we believe to be Ceres, holding a sickle in one hand and a full hand of wheat in the other with uh, fruits and vegetables behind her in a basket. Does she have a cornucopia or no? Not that I can see on the picture. She does have, like, a ring of grapes around her head. Interesting. And then on the back of the note... Grapes or olives? Grapes. Okay. With some wheat interwoven with them. Okay. And then on the back we have the double-headed eagle. Yep, that's a very common symbol. Yes. On, and, on Russian currency. And then some more hundreds, and there's hundreds actually all throughout the border as well. Interesting. Interesting. It, it's totally different than the 1919 10,000 ruble note I have. Yes, I mean it has reds, browns, greens, and then black monochrome on this note. Interesting. Interesting. So that's one of your... Top fives. Yes. It's probably hard to find it, I would think. You can probably find them on eBay or places like that, but... It's going to be more expensive. Yeah. I mean, you, you paid a decent penny for that uh, yes. particular note. And you were surprised I got it. Yes, I was happy for you that you got it. So, it, sorry I, folks, I was leaning up. <laughs> and it's been, uh, it took me a while to get it. 
It did. It took you a while. I mean, actually, I think you had to go around for, I think you got a couple passes at this note. Yeah, I did. With a couple of different auctions uh, for the note, and some of them just went really way too high. Someone else sleuthed me. They outsleuthed you the last, what, eight seconds? Yes. <laughs> or less than, actually. Yes, Christina's a sleuther on eBay, folks. She won't give you all of her secrets, because we have super secrets. But, um, top secret, super secrets. Top secret, super secrets. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, want to move on to the next note? Yes. All right, so we'll move back to one of my notes. Yes. I hold in my hand a 1923 $1 silver certificate. Now, this is uh, a large note. Horse blanket. Yes. Horse blanket. Some of the last series of the horse blanket notes. You started to see notes that are relatively the same size as our current notes in the United States around 1928. Uh, actually, we have a couple of 1928 $2 bills mm -hmm. uh, that are of a regular size. Now... This is, again, toward the last series of, uh, the last, actually, I would think it's probably one of the last printed series of these horse blanket notes. These things are massive. I guess people have big billfolds, as they call them. That's why they call it a billfold. I mean, you needed something to fold these things over. Yeah, I mean, so, that, even just looking back at the 10 compared to that one, the size is incredible with the difference. Yeah, it's at least 70% larger. Oh, yeah. Than a standard regular note today. So, this is a note on steroids. Uh, the good thing about these types of notes is when you buy them, folks, if, if maybe, again, depending on what generation you're listening to this show, uh, if you're a younger listener, um, your grandparents, great-grandparents may have been uh, familiar with or remember some of these notes. Uh, but these things are, when you buy them or order them from a, a vendor, a dealer, a vendor, somebody like that, these things, at least you feel like you got your money's worth. Yes. And they're a large note, so it's like, oh... Well, it, was it was expensive. I'm like, yeah, but it's 70% larger than a regular note. The cool thing about them, too, is they're not difficult to spot a lot of the detail. Because they're just so... Massive. Massive. So, again, um, large ones in the corners on the silver certificate. Very similar to the 1899 series. Uh, very, very pretty note. And you'll actually see these the same style of one on the 1934 series of uh, the $1 silver certificate. Again... A video for the one dollar silver cert and the 1923, I believe they're both on YouTube. Yes. So go check that out. In fact, I think all the notes I've selected are all on YouTube. With the, uh, I believe actually even the 1864 note, which we'll get to, I think might be on YouTube. Yeah, I'm not sure about the Black Eagle. I believe it is, but we'll we'll check it. We'll check it out, everybody. So not to worry. Uh, so again, if if it's not already on YouTube, can't emphasize it enough. We'll put out segments. So we hope everybody enjoys that. The 1923 note, this is also called the funny back note. Yes, like the rug back. Yes, the rug back, as the currency man calls it. So go check out currency man's video, too. It looks like a rug. It looks like a rug. Something your grandmother might have under a bed. <laughs> so something like that. Um, but a really cool bill, 1923, King George VI of England was married. Yes. To the Queen Mother. Yes, it was about the Queen Mother. That's right, in 1923. So, front side of the note, again, large ones. Uh, very deep printing on the United States of America. Really an, an interesting note. You have the large one here over the seal, so to speak. You'll see a lot of that with the silver certs. Uh, on the back side of the note, again, it is what's called the rug design or the funny back design. It's not what I expected, buying no, the note. But I mean, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, when, I, when Christina was able to find this note for me and we picked it up relatively affordably, um, sub $30 US folks, but I'm not going to say what we paid. Uh, but it, it was really cool when it came, when it, it was delivered. Really what, cool bill. Wasn't this the one you got from your coworker? 
No, that was the 1934 ah, $1 sorry. silver surge. No. This is prior to that, but he did find this note really cool. Um, but a really cool bill nonetheless. If you are a silver certificate collector or looking to get into buying silver certificates, I mean, your typical mainstays are going to be the 1957 series, the 35 series, and also the 23 for at least the $1 silver certificate. So if you are getting into silver certs, they stopped printing silver certs, I believe, in 1963 or 68. I cannot quite remember, but um, I'll clarify that either on a future episode or a post online. So that's it, the 1923 $1 silver cert. What uh, you got? My 2017 Australian Dragon Phoenix coin. Sure, okay. <laughs> See, I like how you just like, see, I have this 2017 Dragon Phoenix one troy ounce coin. Yes. And it, it was from 2017, so last year. It is one Australian dollar. I was going to ask about the denominations. It is not designed by the typical JC like you see on the British coins. Mm -hmm. I cannot make out the initials because they're so tiny. Jody Clark, I believe, is JC, yes. I think. Yes, Jody Clark. Yes. And the cool part with this one is the queen is not wearing the square crown. Round crown? Yes. So it's not the tiara, it's the actual the rounded crown? Yes. Now, the funny thing, and I just wanted to get to this, too, about and, and we'll, uh, 2017, I mean, it was last year, so we don't really have a lot of facts other than, you know, again, it was the first year of Donald Trump's presidency. Um, but the funny thing about silver coins, and like Christina said, she's more of an artistic collector. Yeah, the bag is, like, really, really cool. But the, the funny thing about these types of things, and people say this to, to me at least all the time, of they don't get it. In, in this case, it's kind of like... Silver is worth X dollars per troy ounce, right? Yes. U.S. dollars, right? $17 and change right now, U.S. Yes. Like, as we record this episode. Uh, but the, the coin itself has a denomination of one Australian dollar, okay? And yet the selling value for it is higher than the actual spot price of silver per yes. ounce. So you got the denomination on the coin, you got the actual value of the troy ounce of silver, and then you have the numismatic value. Yes. Right? So there is a difference between the two values. Again... We'll go through that on a future episode if needed. If not, folks, check out YouTube. We talk about the numismatic value. Actually, just add everything to a playlist. Yes. It'll be more fun for it. Just add everything to a playlist we put out there on YouTube. Um, we'll also be cleaning up the channel as well to yeah. focus the subject matter. Yeah. But, um, and cool just, stuff. Just to let people know that are listening to this, the reason why it's called the Dragon Phoenix coin yes. is because there's an actual dragon facing a phoenix on the back or the reverse side of the coin. Interesting. So, I mean, it's not a yin-yang kind of look, but they're actually... They're about to throw down. Basically, yes. That's a great way to describe it. <laughs> they're about to throw down. And it's a partly frosted coin. That's pretty. That's, and that, pretty. that's what really makes it pretty, is the you, partial frost, because the dragon and the phoenix are, like, unfrosted, and then you actually have the frosting behind, but you can still see more of the kind of, like, Asian-y details. Asian-y details. And By the way, for all of our listeners in Asia, that's not offensive. It's just it's what we came up with. Asian-y detail. Asian-like. Yes. And then even on the front with the queen, she's not frosted, but the rest of the coin is. Yeah, but that also brings out the images on the exactly. coins Exactly. But you also have a reverse effect, like with cameo coins like we've talked about before. Yes, where, where the head will be frosted and the back is not. Right, they're semi-frosted coins, yes. right? So, um, and if you find a cameo coin, folks, we don't have any to talk about, at least on the episode... But if you find a cameo coin, keep it. Yes. They're easy to, I wouldn't say they're easy to find, but they're easy to identify. Yes. Uh, typically the year is a bit obscured. Yes. Uh, but, but the coins themselves, I, I, I assume, are cameo coins, 
Are they, are they test coins? What are they? They're part of a proof set. Really? So if somebody broke up a proof set and put one in circulation... Yes. Interesting. We found two cameo coins. Yes. On a half and I geeked hunt. out. Yes, you did. I didn't know what they were. And Christina smartened me up. Again, she's moving better half. That's what happens. I mean, I do what she tells me. It's easier. And then one final cool tidbit about my Australian coin. I just gave you a great compliment. I know. <laughs> hey, another cool thing about your Australian coin. It is one of 50,000 minted. Fancy. It's not as rare as my next specimen, but... All right. Well, okay. Can, I, can we get to one of mine, please? Yes. Miss Glory Seeker over there. I'm not. This is an 1899 $1 silver certificate that I hold in my hand. It's also called the Black Eagle. All I have to say, and Christina, you could probably agree, mm -hmm. even when the notes were big notes, like they were in the 1923 silver cert, that's kind of cool. They but are. Even, but even before that, our money was so pretty. It was. Oh, it, my gosh. It's beautiful. U.S. currency was gorgeous. And this is also why you see a lot of currency used in pieces of art. Yes. Um, um, we were talking about this, and we may go forward on something like this later on, but there's a lot of uh, currency-inspired artwork. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll even see it in lithographs and things like that. Uh, images of uh, allegories, uh, heads of state, uh, things like that. Just the designs are beautiful. Yes. So this particular note features, again... As mentioned, it's called the Black Eagle. Large Black Eagle in the middle of the note. Mm -hmm. Holding the, an American flag. Yes, and the cool thing about this note also is that you have Abraham Lincoln as well as Ulysses S. Grant. And they're facing each other. Featured on this note. Yes. It is beautiful. You have the large ones as you do with the 1923 series. And no style. George Washington on it. And no George Washington on it. That is absolutely right. So that's a, it's a cool bill. The nice United States of America also featured in darker ink. Now, Christina, you also have this note. Yes, I got it recently. Yes, and you, you paid slightly, very ever so slightly more uh, than I paid for this note. And something else to consider, folks, when you're collecting currency. Uh, for those of you that just want a, a piece in your collection, that's one focus or one aim. But for others who are really uh, sticklers on signatures, yes. Um, for me, signatures aren't as important, I mean, to me. Yeah. Uh, they, they are rare in some cases because you might have had at least in the United States, a, a, a secretary of the treasury or a director of the treasury that served for a very short period. Yeah. So if there are bills that are printed, banknotes that are printed with their signatures, they tend to become more rare. Um, same thing in Canadian currency, and I'm sure with British currency, but again, I, I'm not as familiar with, with British currency. Uh, but with Canadian and U.S. currency, typically a lot of folks who are really serious collectors will care quite a bit about serial numbers and also signatures. The serial numbers also have also have interesting significance, especially if they're a series of something, mm -hmm. like a Fibonacci series, where you have two numbers and the next number in the series is an is a an addition or a sum of the previous two numbers. Yes. So, for example, one one two three five eight etc. Yes. Right. Um, that that would be an interesting type of uh, catch there. Um, probably extremely super duper rare, but low serial numbers also tend to be highly prized. Or significant dates, like birth notes. Yeah. Uh, where, for example, uh, they may have a, a two-digit month, two-digit day, uh, four-digit year, uh, or two-digit day, two-digit month, four-digit year uh, in, in the serial. Those are kind of highly prized as well by collectors, just depending. Um, so, again, Black Eagle note, really cool front on this note. Back side of the note, uh, very interesting as well. The, the image in the center of the note uh, is really an example of some of the first 
security features built into banknotes. Yes. As well as because of the intricacy of the image. Yes. Itself. So a really cool note that is the $18.99 $1 silver certificate. What do you got? My slab coin. Yes. My 2017 Queensby's unicorn coin. Of Scotland, right? Yes, the unicorn of Scotland. MS69 state. Yes. In a slab. Ultra cameo. Ultra cameo. That's what it says right on the... Nice. And... I... Sorry, go ahead. This is one of two Queen's Beasts that was released last year. They probably have low mintage also. 6,000. So, really quick, um, before we, we go any further, uh, I didn't talk about any really cool facts from 1899. Yes. Just because that note was really cool. But yes. But, with respect to slab coins... You are not going to get these coins out of the slabs. Don't even try. Yeah, good luck. I mean, they're, they're designed and they will go higher in terms of cost, but they're worth it because they're not circulated. The mint state value is very, the value of the mint state coins is prized. That that uh, number of 69, the highest mint state you can get to is 70. Yes. Which is essentially flawless. Yes. Which is, uh, those will be ultra rare, but this is not bad for no. a particular coin. And. Again, one troy ounce. Uh, how many? Uh, what is the value of the British pound on on the uh, the denomination? Two on the pound. Two pound coin. Mm -hmm. Okay, so like I said before, the silver has a given value. There's a denominated value, and then there's a numismatic value. Yes. Now that coin. Um, one other thing, folks. If you're buying from again a dealer or a vendor of some sort, or even buying online through an online auction, mm -hmm. uh, be careful of what you're buying. Compare your prices. Um, if a if a coin is newly released, uh, if you'd like to get into um, how do I put it mailing lists or distribution lists for a given vendor or dealer, that's also good for you to do comparison shopping. Yes. Right. If they send you a newsletter or an email, don't take those lightly. Uh, right now, I think I'm on a mailing list for a company called Gainesville Coins again, not a sponsor of the show, uh, but I've I've purchased items from them before. I get I have Modern Coin Mart. Uh, MCM, right? Yeah. Based out of Florida? Yes. Nice. And that's where you got this coin. Yes. So you actually also used a coupon, a coupon. And got it like dirt cheap. Point, and you got it uh, for far less than what the selling value is and current market value. Yes. So a really cool coin, um, especially uh, if you are collecting silver pieces, particularly the Queen's Beasts. Nice series from the uh, Royal Mint. Yes. I mean, it's cool with all the symbolism, too. With mm -hmm. the crown around the unicorn's throat that's chained to the... Is there a line there, too, or just a key? Is there a key on there? There's no key, but on the, <gasps> the the chain is actually connected to the shield with the lion on it. Nice. That's symbolic. Yes. But um, really pretty coin. I'm a little bit jealous myself. I mean, these coins, even out of slabs and, and just average condition or fine uh, to very fine, these things are going for 80 plus dollars on a good day, yeah. so to speak. Um, if you're lucky. If you're lucky. And um, they're really cool coin. Um, really neat. Yeah. Unicorn of Scotland. And it was, last year was the first year release. And the value of the second year release for 2018 is less than half. Because it's not a brand new release. Ah, so basically it's basically a rerun. Yes. So to speak, not a new design. No. Now, was this also designed by JC? By Jody yes. Clark? Nice. Does it have the initials on the coin? Yes, on both sides of the coin. With the queen wearing the square jeweled crown. <laughs> and on the, um, on the unicorn side too, by the tail. Very, very nice. JC, Jody Clark, did yes. a really good job. Yes. So, really nice engraver, very talented uh, individual. So, can I move on to my next item? Yes. 
This is an 1864 $10 note from the Confederate States of America. Um, again, I don't know if this is on YouTube as a video. If not, like I said, I can't push it enough. Can't pump it enough here in terms of popping up the, uh, the channel and propping it up. Subscribe while you're there. This will be featured as one of the segments on YouTube from this episode. 1864, $10. I suppose this is uncirculated, but it's very pretty. Mm -hmm. uh, note, again, it is a Confederate States of America note printed in Richmond, Virginia in 1864, in February of 1864. Um, again, this particular note features a gentleman who is, I believe, an attorney, a Richmond lawyer. His name escapes me at the moment, but I, I will... Update everybody on uh, on the YouTube video uh, once this drops. I'll put it in the description. Mm -hmm. um, but a very pretty note. Um, I should also point out to everybody, of course, 1864 is toward the end of the American Civil War. Mm -hmm. So you'll find notes that are Civil War related. You can find these things on eBay for probably anywhere between $20 and $40 a piece. Um, the thing about these notes, though, folks, the 1864 series of notes from Richmond... They're printing vastly more notes at that point. Oh, yeah. Because of inflation and the Confederacy at that point. And weren't they hand-cut? They were. I was going to get to that. Yes, you are correct. These were all hand-cut notes. So all I can think of was like maybe a 16-year-old girl with a sheet of these things and a pair of old scissors. And yes, yeah. they, they would be using the same scissor styles you have now. Um, obviously, without the you know the, the colored handles and things. The, more of the barber scissors or the, the um, surgical scissors, so to speak. Yes. Uh, or sewing scissors, even. Would probably even have worked. To cut these bills by hand. So some of the bills, if you see these online, uh, they are they are real bills, folks. Um, but they may have a little bit of a different beveling or a different non uh, non consistent cut to the top of the bill or on the bottom. Or at the bottom, of, yeah. Because of yeah, obviously you can't. Some people can't cut a straight line. That's right. And you also have some bills from this time where you see a bill and then you see a part or the edge of another bill because of how it was cut. Because it was how it was cut, so it can be overcut, so to speak, or undercut. Um, but not to fret, folks. Also, uh, make sure you check the serial numbers if you're looking uh, for bills online of any kind, including this style of bill from a historical period. A lot of repros are out there. A lot of fakes are out there. Yeah. So make sure you check a list of known uh, reproduction or counterfeit serial numbers. You can find them all over the web. Make sure you check the serial on a note. Uh, you can also copy the images from an eBay auction, for example, or an online auction. And zoom in if you need to with yeah. your magnifier. And make sure you're just getting a legit bill. Uh, back side of the note, uh, Christina, help me out here. What is on the back side of this note? There's four tens that are one in each corner that are all the same size. And then written in the middle is a big T-E-N. <laughs> Interesting. So it's all blue on the back. So it's like a monochrome, but it's blue and white. No, no other features on the back of this bill? No, I mean, it has a pattern on it. But the pattern's a pretty standard pattern. And then on the top center and bottom center in smaller print, it does say the word 10. Nice. So, of course, on the front side of the note, you do have the 10 that's, of course, down the side of the bill. And then you do have the scene with them, uh, with them pulling a cannon. Yes. I have, I have gentlemen pulling a cannon. Yes. How cool is that? Now, I will say also, I believe that uh, Robert E. Lee is featured on the Confederate $100 bill, I believe. Uh, but don't quote me on that, folks. And I also believe Jefferson Davis is also featured on uh, Confederate currency. Now, one last note on this, folks. Bills and banknotes from both the United States, Union currency, and Confederate States of America prior to 1864, 1863, as you move further back to the beginning of the war years, 
those notes will be prized more highly. Because they're they were, so new. There were fewer printed. Yeah. And many of those notes are one-sided. And I'll talk about the one-sided notes here with my last top five pick here in a second. And I'll explain why they're one-sided as well. But a lot of these notes are one-sided in some cases. And uh, you'll see a lot of fractional currency from that time as well. Yes. So you'll see, for example, 25-cent notes, 10-cent notes, 50-cent notes, things of that sort. Yeah. So really interesting, cool notes. Civil War currency is pretty cool. A lot of museums, especially if they're authentic specimens, uh, highly prize having a set from a given state or a given time frame. Yes. So what is your next item? It is my Series D. 20-pound Shakespeare note. Shakespeare! Yes. William Shakespeare. Yes. And like all the other 20-pound notes that came out in England, and it has a purple tone to it. It's kind of like the Canadian notes in a way yes. where, regardless of the series, the notes have the same colors. The same, Yeah, the same color scheme. Right. And so, like, for example, uh, at least in Canada, for example, the $5 note from 1937, uh, King George VI on the front of the note, of course, uh, all bills of that time frame. Well, I shouldn't say all, but the 1, the 2, the 5, the 10, the 20, and the 50 from Canada. Those same color schemes are still used. Yes. So, for example, the shade of blue on the 1937 $5 Canadian note. It's still used Same shade, shade of blue. So, I, I don't, sorry, I want to take away from your note. Go ahead. But, I mean, it's a really cool note. It's a highly sought-after note as well. The cool part is it has the queen in, like, a monochrome purple it has a smaller Britannia, like a seated Britannia, and then above her is a colorized St. George slaying the dragon. And the dragon. <laughs> and on the back of the note? It is the statue of William Shakespeare with his books with the statue, and then there's a colorized Romeo and Juliet scene. That's really cool. That's a cool, cool note. And also... The, um, you have a really funny story. Remember, this is the note that you purchased via eBay and lost oh my for a couple gosh. seconds. And the, the buyer, actually, who won the, the won this note, wanted to make payments. Yes, and so the seller reached out to me saying, hey, I'll sell it to you for the same price. Are you game? And I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll take it. Sold. Yeah. It's, it's amazing, right? It's like, I want to make payments on this bank note because I can't pay my other bills. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's like, I, I can't pay my bills with real money today. But, but I'll, buy, buy this. I'll buy older money that I can't spend anymore in payments. And the icing on the cake is you, you this actually, you cannot use this note as of March 19th, 1993. Demonetized? Yes, completely. Nice. Like pulled from circulation, cannot use it. Well, circulation, uncirculation and pulled from circulation and demonetizing are a little bit different. When a bill is pulled from circulation, it's simply not circulated any longer. There's no more printed. Yes, it was but, actually... But, uh, that, that happened in 1991, I think. But demonetization basically means they're no longer sanctioned as banknotes. Yes. For transactions. Yes. By the Bank of England. So they won't they won't honor it. Yes. Now, if you were a collector, absolutely I'd still honor that. Oh, yeah. Of course I'll take it. How much does this cost? 20 pounds? No problem. I'll take that note off your hands. Exactly. So, um, interesting, interesting note. 20 pound note? Yes, for Series D. And just a one quick little tidbit. The one-pound note from that series was the last one-pound paper note to be printed. The Newton. Yes. Which, by the way, folks, there is a video on YouTube for the Isaac Newton note, one-pound note. Christine and I both have this note. We didn't include it in our top fives. If we had top tens, we could go on all, all you know, oh, yeah. uh, you know, for hours on these things. I mean, 
we could just raid the safe, so to speak, yes. and grab some of our other cool finds. But again, these are our top fives. Really, really cool. So, you done with your bill? Yes. All right, now I'm on to my last item in my top fives, and this is the 1856 $5 Valley Bank of Maryland note. Really cool bill. Size of a horse blanket note, folks. Um, now, this particular note, Christine, you can hold this note. Hold the note. Yes. And what do you have on the front side of this note? The only side of this note. Yes. It's one side note, everybody. There's actually several pictures here. Cornucopia? Oh. Is there a cornucopia? I think there's a cornucopia. Yes, there is, but the funny part is there's coins coming out of it. <laughs> I like it. It is a giver of, of metals. I like yes. that. Of, of, of currency, of legal tender. There is someone sitting on an anchor. There is, in a way, like a woman having a conversation with an eagle. <laughs> leaning on a shield. Let's have a little chat. And by the way, the shield is for me to protect myself if you try to peck me to death. Or grab me with your talons. Yes. <laughs> but that's really cool. And again, Valley Bank of Maryland, near and dear to my heart as a native Marylander. I could not find a bill from my hometown. But this uh, Valley Bank of Maryland is actually located in Hagerstown. Yes. It's still in operation today. And it does say Hagerstown on here. That's right. Hagerstown, Maryland. That's right. And then there's two, actually three different fives, depending on if you can catch the third one, because it actually blends into the scene. So it's actually made into the scene? Yes, it is. So it's a pretty note. Uh, the still number, I think, is in the 700s. It's a slow serial number. I'm looking for the... 715, something like that. It's a low serial. Um, and also, many of these notes, by the way, folks, at the time were actually physically wet-signed, as they call it. Yes. Not print-signed uh, by typically the president of a bank or, or, or another authority figure or a state treasurer, things like that. Um, but again, 1856, Christina, you informed me that the Maryland Agricultural College was founded. Yes. Which shortly thereafter became the University of Maryland. College Park which is the University of Maryland main campus. Yes. So 1856, founding year of the University of Maryland, and a uh, really cool note. Now, I did say this is a one-sided note, folks, because the reverse side is blank. And it was left blank until they activated it. That's right. So to activate a bill, and you'll see this in also Civil War currency, as I said before, many of these bills were one-sided. As Christina said, they had to be signed into activation, typically by a bank president. Yes. Essentially... They are not legal tender honored by a bank until they are signed into circulation. Yes. And authorized. Literally signed. That's right. They are signed into circulation <laughs> and authorized. So that is it for my top fives. What is your last top five? It is my series B mm -hmm. five pound note, which uh, is the Hamilton Britannia note, but also known as the O'Brien note. Why? Because he was the chief cashier at the time of the Bank of England. Interesting. And by the way, folks, I was actually watching a documentary on YouTube a few weeks ago. You can go check this out. Uh, it's really interesting. It's a documentary of the Bank of England itself, about the history of the financial institution itself, the, the muse, their museum of money, uh, the grounds, etc. So um, I guess, Christina, you're saying these are series bills, right? Yes. So we don't really see dates no. on the bills. Are there serial numbers on these British bills? There are. Sick. We have to figure out how to decode yes. the serial numbers on the British notes. I mean, this is just a really cool bill in general. Um, it's the first... It's very colorized. I was actually just probably touching Sorry. on it. <laughs> Sorry. It's actually the first series that was colorized. Ah, got it. <laughs> got it. And it looks like the five pounds printed on the front was almost paintbrushed. 
Oh yeah, very calligraphied. So yes, to speak. it's very calligraphied. And the cool part is, um, I just recently noticed this, but there's the Tudor rose all over the front of this note. Ah, I see. And it's I, and not, but it's not on the back. But I mean, you can see the two different petal, like inner and outer petals, all over the front of this with the bust of um, Britannia helmeted, mm -hmm. a monochrome Saint George slaying the dragon. Underneath is the O'Brien signature. And then on the back, there's a massive lion holding a key. So this bill, this banknote, was something you were seeking. For a while. And, and you paid a pretty penny, but it was worth it. Oh, yeah. And then when you hold it to the light, you can see the helmeted Britannia again. Again, it's a security feature. Yes. It's, it's basically uh, wet marked or uh, watermarked or whatever. Yes. Into the bill. Yes. So, again, counterfeiting measure. And it has a uh, metallic strip in it, too. I think we talked about this, too, especially the new pound coins. Oh, yeah, being the most secure currency? The most secure coin in the world, supposedly. Yes. We have both the 2016 uh, test coin. And? As well as the actual circulated coins in 2017, but yes. ours are uncirculated. Yes. Uh, so they're very cool coins and have a holographic effect. We'll talk about that on a future episode, and we also have a YouTube video for it. Yes. So go check that out. Again, I, I am, like, pumping this channel like crazy. We have a lot of stuff on there. We have there. a lot of stuff on YouTube. I mean, it's the best way for people to see our stuff. Yes. You know, we talk about things, like I said, uh, on-demand audio. Again, audio is very hard to capture imagery, of course. That's why it's audio. And now it's going to be on-demand video. That's right, on-demand video. That's right. So, okay. It's pretty cool. So those are our top... Fives. Yes. Top fives. Top fives. So, a um, couple other quick things, folks, before we wrap up the episode. Um, Christine and I are going to go and start looking at mint lists for 2018, since we are still relatively early in the year. Um, if you are a collector, it's a good idea to go check out mints that will be uh, striking coins or uh, banks that will be printing currency. Uh, Bureaus of Engraving and Printing, for example, in the United States. It's really cool, especially, you won't see this in so much with banknotes, but with coins because of new designs. Oh, yeah. It's really worth going out and looking at, for example, uh, the U.S. Mint, uh, the Royal Canadian Mint, the Royal Australian Mint, the Royal Mint in England. Uh, they will be releasing new coins, new designs, typically every year of some sort. Well, there's going to be two Queen's Beasts coming out this year. The cool thing about Canada, though, they put some cool stuff on their coins. Oh, I know. they got the Superman coin, the Star Trek series of coins. Uh, they also do coins for special occasions, like they do wedding coins, they yes. do birth coins, they do birth year coins. They, they have cool glow-in-the-dark coins! That's right, and we have those uh, from the Canada 150 series. Yes. So it is, I think it is the world's first glow-in-the-dark coin. Yes. Uh, so it, these are pretty cool. Now, speaking of commemorative coins, go ahead and wrap up the episode here on this note. Now, also, we didn't talk about it yet, but Christina and I were able to acquire two 1988 Royal Australian Mint proof sets. Now... I was actually out doing a little bit of research on the 1982 set because Christina was kind enough to purchase this set for me for Christmas. It is a proof set from my birth year, and as part of the proof set is the 1982 commemorative coin for the Brisbane Commonwealth Games. So it's a cool coin, and I was out doing some research, and I found out the 1982 set is the second most popular in terms of collectible Australian proof sets. The most popular is the 1988. Because 1988 commemorates the bicentennial of Australia. Now, in that year, they also produced, the, the Royal Australian Mint produced a 200 Australian dollar gold coin. How cool is that? 
Obviously, a little too rich for our blood, so to speak. But the 1988 set has the first fleet coin. Yes. And, uh, by the way, your co-worker from the UK made a comment <laughs> about this coin. Now, in this set, uh, folks, the 1988 set, there are two coins that feature the Bicentennial. One is the Australian, I believe, is it a $2 coin? Yes. And there's also the 50-cent coin, so to speak. And I think the 50-cent coin, I think is the first fleet coin. Yes. So this is a very popular set, and folks actually are breaking up proof sets to get this coin specifically. Yes. And the, the first fleet coin, we have not we have not recorded a video for YouTube. We will on the Australian proof set from 1988. But this coin, folks, has a picture of a ship, map of Australia, Yes. and has the bicentennial years also mentioned. Your co-worker said what about this coin? Oh, that, about... Oh. Your British co-worker... Yeah. That I believe it commemorates when they took power. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, 1788, folks, is also commemorating, of course, uh, 1988 commemorates 1788, which is the bicentennial of the first prison ships. Yes. Arriving in Australia from England. Yes. So, all right, folks, we're going to wrap this up? Yes. All right, everybody, thank you so much for checking out this episode. We hope we were able to impart a little knowledge, entertain you along the way, tell a good story, talk about our free stuff, be well, never pay retail, check out YouTube. For all of the segments and vignettes from uh, this episode as well as the other videos, check us out around the web. Also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, etc. And again, if you would like to be a tester for our new virtual assistant flash briefing skill, please send an email to frugalsnobs at gmail.com. Until we speak again, be well, never pay retail, take care of yourself and each other.